This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We've been saying that 2024 is a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center. I believe that if we will take action and enter into worship with all of our might, with all of our strength, and believe God's word and confess God's word, we will see God move among us mightily in 2024. I said in December that 2024 would be a year of doubling. How many of you could go along with a doubling? Amen. Amen. With God, all things are possible. Not only are all things possible with God, but all things are possible for him that believes. For Jesus said in Mark 10, 27, all things are possible with God. And Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for him who believes. Say it out loud. All things are possible for me because I believe. However, that requires that we do our part. On Vision Sunday, January 7, I challenged all of us to do these four things in 2024. Be in church every time the doors are open. When you're in town, we understand being out of town. But be here, be on time. Uh, worship the Lord, number two, with all of your strength and enthusiasm. Don't just endure the worship, enter in. Amen. I'm, I now do one-third of all of my prayer time entering into his gates with thanksgiving and entering into his courts with praise. So enter into worship. Three, tell someone about Jesus at least every month. And four, pray for someone who is sick in person at least once a month. If you'll do these four things this year, a year from now, you will not even recognize your own life. 2023 was a year of miracles. And we give God the credit, the glory, and the honor for every answered prayer and every miracle, but we are looking for more in 2024. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, we've been marching through these miracles of the New Testament. And today we come to Elamus, the sorcerer, smitten with blindness. This is miracle number 46 in the New Testament by our reckoning. And this morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 13 to begin with. Acts chapter 13 in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Of course, you understand his name was Saul, but he was later known as Paul. So after they had fasted and prayed, they, laid their, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. And that is John Mark. 
They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet. Now, the Holy Spirit's telling me to stop right there because not every prophet is a prophet of God. Not every prophet is a true prophet. Now, don't miss the Power Lunch, March 2, gentlemen, uh, because we're going to be talking about the battle in the mind. I'm calling that title, that, that message, Mind Games. And do not miss the Holy Week Revival, March 24 to 29, Palm Sunday to Good Friday, because we're going to get into this. God's people sometimes have a mistaken idea that everything supernatural is God and everything spiritual is God and everything that kind of uh, raises goosebumps is God. No, it's not. We have a false prophet right here. So not everything that is spiritual is God. Can I get an amen? amen? So he is a prophet, but he's a false prophet. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and, a, and Jewish, so, you know, he was in the tribe. So just because somebody is in some group does not mean that they're spot on. Just because somebody is friends with somebody doesn't mean that you can trust what they're saying. You have to have ears to hear and eyes to see, and you've got to, you know, you got to have your thinking cap on when you are around the things of God. Amen. And I, when I was a young man, <laughs> I, I was kind of harsh on myself. And, uh, you know, I, I was a little bit judgmental toward myself because sometimes Sue and I would be in these ministry meetings and something would just weird me the heck out. And, you know, I would go into spiritual self-flagellation. Oh, terrible gene, awful gene. You know, you shouldn't feel like that. You shouldn't think that. Listen, I've been in this 50 years now, and now I trust it. If something weirds me the heck out, it's weird. Amen? Amen. So you've got a spirit man down here on the inside, and sometimes that spirit man will try and warn you. Now, you give heed to that. There, they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. So not everybody running around with the name Jesus is okay. <laughs> Who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. You will never stop perverting the will, you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Now, 
this may seem to be an odd miracle, and it may seem to be an odd miracle to call a ministry miracle of the New Testament. But I want to read those last few verses, and I want you to see how that even a miracle of judgment advanced the kingdom of God. We saw this with Ananias and Sapphira, how there was after the death of Ananias and Sapphira, there was great revival in uh, Judea and in Israel. Verse 9 again, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, so this was not out of his head, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamus and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind. You know, years ago, the Lord's reminded me, I had a situation, and I was really frustrated on how to handle it because it was a, a repeat situation. And the Lord said, well, the next time you're frustrated by that, just, just look straight at him and say, now the hand of the Lord is against you. I had to look it up. I knew it was from the Bible, but I didn't have immediate recollection of it. Tell your neighbor, you don't want pastor saying that to you. <laughs> he says, now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately, mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened to him, he believed. So this was, uh, this was the proconsul in charge of that area of the Roman Empire. And he believed when he saw judgment. He believed when he saw what happened to Elamus. For he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So I would say first thing this morning, it is not smart to hinder the gospel of Christ. It is not smart to hinder the gospel of Christ. Now I'm going to talk about some things here and try and help you because we all face the same dilemma. Everybody in this room, we all face the same dilemma because, for example, uh, a few nights ago, Sue and I looked up on YouTube, a friend and follower of ours, and we watched a sermon. It was very different, but it was good. It was, it was not my way of doing things, but I thought it was very good. And then a night or two later, we thought, well, let's watch part two to that series. So we go to part two of that series. I thought, oh, dear Lord, I can't watch this. And all right, but, that's, but I'm not calling his name. I'm not lifting a hand against him. I'm for him. See, he, he's not doing everything the way I would do it, but what kind of benchmark is that? That's no standard. I'm not the standard. And he's reaching people. He's reaching people I'm not reaching. You see what I'm saying? Remember the disciples came along to Jesus and they said, you know, there's a group over there and they're preaching. Should, should we, uh, you know, call fire down from heaven or should we pray against them or do something? Jesus said, leave them alone. Whoever's for you, whoever's not against you is for you. And so... And then also understand this, in full gospel circles, there has been so much 
egregious behavior and strange conduct that doesn't help people, sometimes Sue, uh, Sue and I or Austin or I are called upon to, by a college student especially to answer the question, well, while I'm away from Faith Christian Center, where should I go to church? And it's really sad because we tell them now, you know, because we don't know what's going on everywhere, but we tell them now a lot of times you would be safer to find uh, the biggest Southern Baptist church or the biggest Assembly of God church in that area and go there because there's so much weird stuff going on. But now, those two groups I just mentioned, that's not, that's not the way I would do things. That's not the way I would approach things. That's not my thing. You understand? But sometimes when people are away from Faith Christian Center, they just need to be, number one, they need to be safe. They, they don't need to go somewhere and learn weird stuff. Amen. Amen? I mean, there's stuff going on right now, even in this county, that I'm embarrassed and what's going on? But I'm not calling any names. I'm not naming the place. I'm not naming the pastor. You know, God bless them. People get saved there, I'm sure. People get help there, I'm sure. So my point in rehearsing this is do not lift your hand against the gospel. It may not be your cup of tea. It may not be your thing. It may, you may, you could watch the whole message and think, I didn't get a doggone thing out of it. Fine, shut up. Don't talk about it. Don't go on social media and, and, and slam a minister. Just, yeah, but Pastor, what if it's somebody who's wrong? Everybody say it out loud. Almighty God, Almighty God is, big is big enough to handle his personnel problems. Sue and I were going up to see Derek Christina and we stopped at a gas station and I mean, I barely got out of that Escalade and man, I mean, I heard a sound. I mean, I jumped. I, I was glad I didn't hit the roof overhead. Some guy blowing a shofar and, uh, you know, then he had signs all over his truck about uh, Messianic Christianity and, you know, my first thought was, well, is it, is it brother so-and-so? But, you know, I'm not going to mention Brother So-and-So's name here this morning. Uh, there's a lot going on that is nonsensical. But I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to name names. I do not want to hinder my own faith. Because, see, I've got stuff I'm believing God for. I don't know if you have things you're believing God for, but I've got stuff I'm believing God for. So the last thing I want to do is get my big fat mouth in the way of what I'm believing God for. And I don't, I certainly, because somebody might go to some of those places and get saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We met a guy in Missouri. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I mean, he told us his life story. I mean, it, it, nobody would ordain this guy. I mean, nobody would ordain this guy. I mean, the life he had lived, but uh, he's an electrician all day long, every day. And then he, he spent his own money. He bought a tent, 
put it on some two-lane highway down in Arkansas, and he's preaching every night. And he showed us pictures and videos of people getting saved and people getting healed. And uh, I mean, if you looked at this guy, you'd think, you know, he's a biker. You wouldn't think he's a preacher. I mean, you would come to the absolute wrong conclusion. But I told Sue, I said, I'm like a king in my courts. And here's this guy, and he's got nothing. And he's working every night preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when we go back up there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in contact with him. I'm going to send him some money. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he's doing something for Jesus. So we cannot be running around judging everything. Amen. Amen. But we can decide what we're going to allow into our ear gates, what we're going to allow into our homes. And somebody may not be our cup of tea. We're not going to oppose them. Maybe we're not going to send them any money. But that doesn't mean that we have to go on social media and slam them and tear them down and try and hurt them. There is a wickedness at loose right now among full gospel people, and that is this thing that if you don't go along with my agenda 100%, I'm going to hurt you, and that is not Christ-like. Amen. Amen? Amen? And so it may not be my cup of tea. I may not send them any money. I could listen to a message and not get a thing out of it, but I'm not going to oppose them. Tell your neighbor, it is not a smart thing to hinder the gospel of Christ. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it is not a smart thing to try and hinder the gospel of Christ. Amen. Leave them be. Now, the first time the Bible mentions Barnabas is in Acts 4, 36 and 37. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostle Apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it, King James says, laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, people don't want to admit it, but it was Barnabas' giving that brought him to the attention of the apostles. And I have Bible on this. Proverbs 18, 16 says, a gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. I mean, how in the world do you think Sue and Austin and I came to the attention of the world-renowned T.L. Osborne? How in the world do you think Sue and Austin and I came to the attention of the greatest international evangelist literally in the history of the world? How do you think Sue and I and Austin came to be personal friends with and literally family with Dr. T.L. Osborne? Well, T.L. loved missionary Bud Sickler. And after I committed to give the $500,000, which became $600,000 to put the roof on missionary Bud Sickler's church in Mombasa, Kenya, the first person Bud called to share the good news with was his good friend, T.L. Osborne. And so Bud's partner in the ministry and Bud's friend in the ministry became our partner and our friend in the ministry. What did Barnabas do? He sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So Barnabas was for real, and his giving was for real, and his heart was for real, and his gift was for real. And through his giving, Barnabas came to the attention of the apostles, and so obviously, automatically, what would happen? The fakers come out. 
Acts chapter 5, verse 1, Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept, pack, kept back part of the money for himself and brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. We, get it, we got into this a few weeks ago. It was theirs to do with what they wanted. If they, did, if they gave the church nothing, nothing would have happened. If they had given the church a tithe on the gain, nothing would have happened. If they had said, we sold a piece of land for X and we're given a part of it, nothing would have happened. But they pretended that they were like Barnabas and they were giving all. It isn't smart to lie to God about money. Tell the neighbor on one side, it's not smart to lie to God about money. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's not smart to lie to God about money. So what happened here? God judged Ananias and God required Ananias' life from him at that very moment. And God also judged Sapphira. And God required Sapphira's life from her when she came in and lied to Peter in agreement with her husband. Now, we're dealing with Barnabas. This is the same Barnabas who later became the traveling companion of Paul and was later called an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ alongside Paul in Acts 14, 14. You know, a lot of people talk about how there were only 12 apostles and healing went out when the last apostle died. People ought to read their Bibles. Acts chapter 14, verse 14, but when the apostles, say, say out loud, apostles, that's plural. So, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, men, why are you doing this? We too are only men human like you. We are bringing you good news telling you to turn from these worthless things, these worthless idols to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. Now notice, not only is Barnabas called an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ here, but he is mentioned first ahead of Paul. The second time the Bible mentions Barnabas is Acts 11, when the Jerusalem church sent Barnabas and Paul to see if the revival reports from Antioch were accurate and if God was actually saving Gentiles. The third time the Bible mentions Barnabas is in Acts 12, 25, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John also called Mark. And notice that the author Luke still puts Barnabas ahead of Paul. The fourth time the Bible mentions Barnabas is Acts 13, 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. We just read this. Look down at verse 2. Set up the Spirit of God said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. <coughs> so notice, even the Holy Spirit puts Barnabas ahead of Paul. The fifth time the Bible mentions Barnabas is in Acts 14, 1 to 23, where Barnabas and Paul were preaching in Iconium and Lystra. There Paul was dragged outside the city and stoned. Now it's 2024, so I have to clarify that. A young person years ago asked Austin after a service, was Paul doing drugs? No, no. That was a Jewish custom whereby whether someone was thought to be a false prophet or somebody caught in adultery, they would drag them outside and they would pick up rocks and they would throw rocks at the person until they were dead. Well, Paul shook it off, got up, and went right back into town. 
The fifth time the Bible mentions Barnabas, the sixth time the Bible mentions Barnabas is in Acts 15, where now the author Luke puts Paul ahead of Barnabas. Here they were sent to the council in Jerusalem to explain the revival among the Gentiles in Antioch. Later in Acts 15, the author Luke still puts Paul ahead of Barnabas, and the two of them fall into a sharp disagreement over Mark. Tell your neighbor, pastor's headed somewhere with this. Acts 15, 36, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now we find out in Colossians 4.10 that John Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. And maybe that sheds a little light on why Barnabas sided with John Mark in this sharp disagreement with the Apostle Paul. But that is it. That is the last time Barnabas is mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles. So two things here in this message. Don't mess around with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ or you could end up blind or dead or in hell. Do not hinder the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're New to Faith Christian Center, and you came from somewhere, don't be bad-mouthing that place to us. We don't want to hear it. You know, just stay silent. You know, if you stay silent, people can't figure out <laughs> that maybe you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> Amen. But we bring ourselves under judgment with our mouths. And there's no point in telling me I've heard it all anyway. You know, when I was a young man, I didn't know any better, and people would tell me. I remember asking a man once, what brought you to, back then it was Cathedral of Praise, what brought you to Cathedral of Praise? And I was expecting him to say, you know, oh, great man of faith and power or whatever. Well, he said, my, 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 our former pastor got his hair highlighted. <laughs> Dear Lord, you know, I used to have, get my hair highlighted till I gave up, amen. Then I just let God highlight it. <laughs> I mean, people are amazing. People are amazing. Now, there may be a time to make a change. Myself, our benchmark was the word of God and faith. I have got to be around the word of God and I've got to be around faith. That's my benchmark, always has been. But some people, they go by the pastor's hair color or they go by what the pastor's wearing. I know sometimes you may bring a visitor in here and they're upset that I'm not wearing a track suit. But, uh, you know, I got to be who I am. Amen? Amen. I'm quadruple cool and nothing can be done about it. 
Amen. Amen. Sharp. You look up the word sharp in Webster's Dictionary, my picture's there. So nothing can be done about it. But that doesn't have anything to do with the Word of God. We have friends, and they preach the Word in tracksuits. God bless them. I'm for it. I want the Word of God preached. The package doesn't matter. I told somebody just within the last fortnight, out there in that fellowship atrium, they had a kid in college. Where should this kid go to church? I said, I said, they were going to visit that town, that place, visit churches with that son. I said, now be, be aware. The packaging doesn't matter because people are trying to be, they're trying to reach this generation in all kinds of ways. I said, don't judge by the packaging. Judge by the words coming out of the minister's mouth. Is it the word of God? Is it faith? Does it build you up? If that's the case, the package doesn't matter. Can you see that? It's about the word. 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 That's why, you know, I, I haven't really liked America much since 2008. You know, some guy came into prominence and made everything about race. To me, it's just utterly stupid. Our daddy in the faith, the last one that we really were connected to strongly was Fred Price. I didn't care what color he was. All I cared about was he had the word of God coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and frankly, I, I really did well paying attention to Fred Price. I did all right paying attention to Fred Price. I got an anointing on me for paying stuff off. I got that from Fred Price. So if you go by the color of the skin, or by the packaging, or by all of that external nonsense, you could, you, could, you could deprive yourself of answered prayer and miracles. Amen. Am I helping anybody? Amen. What matters is, the, is the word coming out of their mouth? Is faith coming out of their mouth? When you leave there, are you stronger or are you weaker? That's what matters. Amen? Amen. So... Lesson one today is don't hinder the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't put your big fat mouth against or on ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It may not be your cup of tea, just leave them alone. And then also, second lesson from the life of Barnabas, when God gives you a connection like Barnabas had with the apostle Paul, don't booger it up. Now, I, I have seen this in my lifetime where someone makes a connection to a great man in God and then they get offended. And through their offense, they break the connection and they shipwreck their lives, they shipwreck their families, and they shipwreck their ministry. I've seen the same thing happen with sin. I've seen the same thing happen with error. Two times in my life, the Holy Spirit has said to me, you don't need to know him. We were at a winter Bible seminar many, 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 many years ago when Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, was still alive. 
he was still meeting in the, uh, the gymnasium. And one of the most famous ministers in the world was standing right there and nobody was with him, nobody was talking to him. And I thought, I'm gonna go up and introduce myself to him. One of the two times in my life, the Holy Spirit said to me, you don't need to know him. Then later I found out he was there to try and get a meeting with Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Hagin wouldn't even meet with him. Which is really strange because nobody taught on walking in love more than Kenneth Hagin. But he wouldn't even meet with a man. So I don't know what he did, but I'm glad I never did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I heard later it was there. I wonder how many people in South Bend, Indiana knew that Lester Summerall was an apostle and a prophet. When I met him one night at dinner in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the mid-70s, I knew instantly what he was. But I wonder how many people in his town knew what he was. In Ephesians, God, Paul says through, God says through the apostle Paul that he has given gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, these are gifts. Jesus said that when you honor a righteous man, you get the righteous man's reward. When you honor a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. Betty Price to this day talks about that night in the Faith Dome when I walked up there. I mean, People were giving Fred Price, you know, $50, $100, and a lot of those checks were from churches. I don't ever carry church checks. I don't ever do anything with church checks. I, I don't even sign church checks, except, for example, when we made the down payment on this land, they brought me the check. They said, we sure would feel better if you signed this one. But I, I don't have anything to do with it. I walked down there in the, in the Faith Dome, and I gave Fred Price $6,000 that night, and I, I expressed my gratitude at the progress I had made since I had connected to him. Betty still talks about it. She says, every time she's on the phone, she says, I remember that gift. Hallelujah. And what was on him came on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time I was around Kenneth Hagin, I gave him $1,000. That doesn't sound like much today, but it was 30 years ago. And what was on him came on me. Every time Austin was around him. I mean, you know, they had all these ushers. I mean, all this security. Oh, I mean, it was really cute. Aaron still talks about how that they, they have all this security going on. Dad Hagen would look out there and see Austin and he would do like this, amen. Because he knows what's coming. <laughs> Not cursing, blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Reminds me of what Paul wrote in Hebrews. Surely blessing I will bless them. Hallelujah. Surely blessing I will bless them. Amen. Amen. And so, when God gives you a connection, like God gave Barnabas, if you mess it up, you will, not re you will never attain the level in life that you could have attained if you had maintained that relationship. And this is why we have to walk in love, 
and we have to be understanding, we have to be forgiving. Austin and I were walking up the stairs in Kiev, and uh, it was an outdoor meeting, and it had been raining. One of the greatest men that ever walked the earth. Uh, <laughs> he was just talking to himself. He wasn't talking to us, but he made a comment about the rain, and he used a, a, an adjective. And I looked at Austin. Austin looked at me, and we've never spoken of it since. See, he's a man. They're not gods. They're men. But God works through men. And God works through women. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get on Wikipedia, you could find fault with Catherine Kuhlman. But she got a lot of people healed. She got a lot of people saved. You get on Wikipedia, you could find fault with Amy Semple McPherson. But she got a lot of people healed. She got a lot of people saved. These are people. They're human beings. And they have faults. And you go to picking at them and you're going to wreck your relationship to them and with them. But they have power. Just two days ago in my office, I reached again for Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. I was going to reread some pages and uh, I got done rereading those pages. I stood back up. I looked at the book. I said, Thank you, Father God, for oral. And the Lord said, yeah, but he never. Okay, I understand that, but thank you for oral. In other words, they're men. And not one of them has ever been perfect. So if you're looking for perfect, there was only one and they killed him 2,000 years ago. These are men. But that does not negate the fact that God has given gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And when you have a relationship with one of them that has power with God, don't mess it up. Because Barnabas literally was never heard from again the only references I just looked it up yesterday later in the epistles were just references to the past or the fact that he was John Mark's cousin but in other words he did nothing of renown from that point forward so when God gives you a connection like Barnabas had with the apostle Paul don't mess it up otherwise you'll never reach the place in life you could have reached if you had properly maintained that connection and relationship. But I also want you to see that failure is not final in the kingdom of God. Say it out loud. Failure, failure. Is, not is not final in the kingdom of God. For in 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So after the fallout, after the separation, after time had gone by, now the great apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. 
Friends, I believe in 2024, like the early church in Acts 9, God wants us to have a time of peace and a time of being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, a time of growth and a time of prosperity in the Lord. So I want, my desire for you is that you live a life of answered prayer. My desire for you is that you live a life of miracles. I want you to learn how to write your own ticket with God by saying it, doing it, receiving it, and telling it. And as God blesses you, say to your neighbor, as God blesses you. Say to the neighbor on the other side, as God blesses you. Then go and tell it. Don't just keep it all to yourself. Tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others. Tell others about the goodness of God. Tell others about the love of God. Tell others about the grace and the mercy of God. Tell others about his healing power. Tell others about Jesus, that he lived for them and died for them, paying the price for their sins, and that he is not in the grave, but that he is risen. He is alive. He is alive, and he still does miracles today. Tell others that he still saves today. Tell others that he still heals today. Tell others that he still delivers today. And tell others that he still blesses today. If we will do a better job telling others, then many, many people will come to the Lord. We'll see them come to the Lord in 2024. If we'll all do a better job of telling others, many, many, many will come to a saving knowledge of Christ in 2024. Let us do a better job of telling others and venture out at least once a month and pray for somebody who's sick in person at least once a month because God will meet you there and God will show you signs and wonders and miracles through your life and through you taking action. Can you say amen? amen. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. Now, you've been in church, you've been around the things of God, but you've never personally and individually made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He said, you must be born again. In Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So it's up to us because the work of Christ is done. It is finished. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of my life. I've never personally committed to God to live for Him from this day to my last day. But Pastor, I want to be saved. Pastor, I want to be born again. Pastor, I want to be forgiven of my sins. So pray for me. I want to be included in this prayer. Pray for me, Pastor Gene. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to I can see it. Pastor, I want to get Give my life to Christ this morning. Pray for me. There may be others here this morning. You're away from God. You're not living for God like you used to. You told God that you loved him. You told God that you would live for him. And you meant it when you prayed it. But you've allowed yourself to go back to the old habits, the old friends, the old lifestyles. The word of God says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me, I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I don't wanna live this way though. I wanna live right before the Lord. I wanna live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. Anyone this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. 
It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers, and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. And for this, we give you our praise. For the sake of folks watching online that may want to give their lives to Jesus, I want everybody in the room to pray the prayer with me. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've lived for self. But today I turn from that old way of living and I give you my life. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. So I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, either today or in the future, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd be happy to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know. We have English and Spanish Bibles. We'd love to send you a Bible and be a blessing to you. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' holy name. I want you to know the days are short and we need to learn how to pray more effectively and we need to live for God and not be messing around with the elamuses of this life. Can I get an amen? amen.